From COK Studios in Kurt Anderson's Arboretum, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider the transition of power as Donald Trump prepares to become our nation's 45th president. We'll also consider a story of someone making a difference in our series, Consider the Humanity. And we'll consider what you should do with a drunken sailor early in the morning. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the WTF Foundation, committed to finding out what just happened in last week's election and why nobody saw it coming until it was way too late. Visit WTF.org to find out what the f*** and the Old Town Playhouse, now showing the sequel to Andrew Lloyd Webber's acclaimed musical Cats, Pussies. Come grab your ticket now at otp.org. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. Last Tuesday, the best-looking news team in public radio did a live election night special to cover what was thought to be a win by Hillary Clinton, but the outcome of the 2016 presidential election turned out to be very surprising. In one of the biggest political upsets of all time, pumpkin-faced real estate tycoon Donald Trump won in the Electoral College, becoming the nation's 45th president. Clinton's victory in the popular vote by nearly 700,000 votes only served to further anger her supporters, who see Trump's election as a danger to any citizen who isn't part of the white establishment. Many groups are worried what a Trump presidency will mean for them, given the bigotry and sexism he stirred up with his campaign. While Trump has struck a conciliatory tone since his win last Wednesday, it is still very uncertain what kind of president he will be. Joining us now to try and make some sense of what the transition to a Trump presidency will be like, our senior correspondent, Cordell Nutbrock, and our gossip reporter and popular teenage girl, Melissa Reynolds. Good to see you both. Greetings. Hey. Cordell, You've been doing a lot of research since the election last week to try and make sense of what happened and what factors led to Donald Trump's surprise win. (sighs) That's right, Dinah. I've spent the past week freelancing and guest blogging for a number of news outlets hoping to shed light on the Trump phenomenon. Before I get into my report, I just want to say that I tried to maintain as much objectivity as possible Since I'm not American, it's probably easier for me than some American journalists, but it's still extremely difficult because President-elect Trump is such a rubbish fire of a human being. And what did you find? The main reason Trump won is that he appealed to disaffected white voters, most of them uneducated from rural areas. You can read more about that in my Huffington Post article, Four Reasons Trump Appealed to White Rural Uneducated Voters. I see. What ways were those? Xenophobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, and red hats. No surprises there. White rural voters can't be the only part of the equation, though. There were black and Latino voters who seemingly voted against their own self-interests by voting for Trump. Well, that's true. Also, 53% of white women voted for Trump. Not me. Oh, gross. No, me neither. Well, uh, quite. Still, it was surprising that a misogynist who has had several women accuse him of sexual assault was able to secure the votes of such a large number of white female voters. Well, y- Incidentally, you can read more about that in my Slate article, Five Ways White Women Who Voted for Trump Totally Ruined Everything. Trump has already begun to put together his transition team and his cabinet for when he takes office. 
Melissa, what are you hearing about who will be in what positions in a Trump White House? Ugh, Trump White House? Ugh, whatever. Anyways, Vice President-elect Mike Pence is head of the transition team, and it includes a bunch of old white men, Trump's kids, and a couple token white women and minorities. They've already said that the former RNC chairman, Rents Priebus, will be Trump's chief of staff, which means we'll have to say Rents Priebus for four years. Gross. Any other posts decided yet? Well, my friend Sarah's older sister, Vicky, used to date this total D-bag named Holt, whose locker is next to Trump's son, Eric, at the Aryan Splendor Yacht Club, and he told me that there's lots of really bad right-wing people being considered for Trump's cabinet. Such as? Well, Rudy Giuliani could be the next attorney general. Scrooge McDuck or Montgomery Burns could be the secretary of the treasury. I heard that Lord Scum could head up his environmental team, which is really bad because he's been trying for years to kill Captain Planet and the Planeteers. It's totes not cool. There's also a rumor that Secretary of State could either be Newt Gingrich or Skeletor. Not sure who's worse. Gingrich. I also heard from my friend Doug, who used to be an intern for John McCain before he picked Sarah Palin to be his VP, that she could be up for Secretary of the Interior. It'll either be Palin or Yosemite Sam. Trump would probably nominate all of his kids, too, but there's laws and junk that won't let him. Sounds like a real rogues gallery. Yeah, and I guess that Trump is getting foreign policy advice from Boris Badenov and Natasha Vital, who everyone knows are close allies of Vladimir Putin. I'm totes scared. I guess we'll just need to see how things play out over the coming weeks. Well, indeed. And you can read all about that in my article for The Atlantic, Seven Ways a Trump Presidency Might Play Out. Cordell, Melissa, thank you for that report. That was Cordell Nutbrock and Melissa Reynolds. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. With all the upheaval and raw emotions stemming from last week's election, it's a good time to pause and hear a story that has an uplifting message. Marta Margolis is back with another installment of our series about people making a difference. Consider the humanity. Bryce Brady has been concerned about violence against people in his neighborhood ever since last week's election emboldened bigots to act out violently against Muslims, Latinos, African Americans, women, and the LGBTQ community. Our neighborhood is very diverse. We have lots of immigrants and gay people. I think it's great, honestly. I mean, it makes our area really cool and interesting. I was worried, though, after the election that there might be some people who didn't think that way. I thought that as a straight white guy, I could maybe be in a position to help someone. Weiss and his wife, Belinda, began wearing safety pins on their clothes when they went out as a way to show to anyone feeling marginalized that they were a safe person or an ally. Weiss immediately saw results. I was on the bus headed to work last Thursday, and on gets this guy who totally looked upset. I'd seen him before coming out of the mosque in our neighborhood. Nice guy. I think his name's Ahmed. Ahmed was very distressed and looked as if something bad had happened to him. I was worried something had just happened to him, like some Trump supporters had yelled at him or something. He saw me and looked right at the safety pin on my jacket. And when he saw that, he looked relieved. Ugh, I was so upset. When I saw his safety pin, I knew everything was going to be okay. Weiss was relieved he could help his Muslim neighbor. 
I'm just glad I had my safety pin on. I was running late for an important job interview, and I stopped into the Starbucks to use the bathroom. It was really crowded, so I had to make my way through a big crowd of people. When I got to the bathroom, my zipper totally broke, and I never wear underwear. I was totally mortified. Everyone was going to see my junk. I was able to cover my fly with my bag and caught my bus, but I couldn't keep my bag in front of my fly through my whole interview. It was either that or show them my twig and berries. That was when I saw Bryce's safety pin. I totally wasn't expecting him to ask for my safety pin to fix his pants, but whatever. I was happy to help. I was just glad that's all it was. Bryce and Ahmed formed an unlikely friendship because of that safety pin. It saved my day. I got the job, too. I know I wouldn't have if my fly had been broken. Tip for everyone, wear your safety pins. You might help someone who's the victim of bigotry or a broken zipper. I'm just glad nobody saw my wedding tackle. Well, consider the humanity. I'm Mata Margolis. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Consider Our Know and like us on Facebook. The podcast can be downloaded at iTunes and at Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Jeremiah Knight, Hobart Willis, Natalie Thorpe, Spencer Cannon, Marianne Wetzel, and Libby Mitchell. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. We'd like to dedicate this week's episode to the late, great Leon Russell, Leonard Cohen, and Gwen Eiffel, who all passed away this week. We'll miss you all. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. In one of the biggest political upsets of all time, pumpkin-faced real estate tycoon Donald Trump. I... You did it! I messed myself up. I'm sorry. I'm conditioning myself. Oh, God.